Hello and welcome to the Living With Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Simone Denny, and I'm here to uncover how we find more joy, greater fulfillment and deeper purpose in our lives. I will be sharing my own journey as well as insights from thought leaders and everyday people who are living with purpose and have created a life they truly love. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it is coming up towards the end of the year and everybody is feeling a bit more of the strain and stress of year end, but um, there's nothing better than tuning into a bit of inspiration on the podcast to put things in order. So today I'm really delighted to share with you my guest, Fiona Fenwick, who I had the pleasure of meeting recently at the New Zealand Female Leader event, um, a retreat that was actually held on Waiheke, where I live. And Fiona was one of the guest speakers and presenters um, and had quite a big part in the event. And I was fortunate to also be coaching and um, speaking about detoxing the mind at this event. But what struck me when I met Fiona was how she held herself in this presence that she gave off when you met her. She is very much a charismatic person and someone who is just um, exuding life force and energy. And you'll really um, pick that up when you hear our conversation together. And what I think is interesting is that this is somebody who really walks the walk because she talks a lot about your personal brand and being your authentic self and really being aware of your influence and your reputation and whatever you do, um, work life, home life, um, within your company, within your business and how important it is to be aware of um, these three things, personal brand, influence and reputation. And she is somebody who... Um, you know, I really admire in the way that that she is, as I said, walking the walk. So Fiona has got a you know a really fascinating background. She spent the last thirty years successfully developing and managing and protecting corporate and individual reputations around the world. She's been an executive um, level within major global companies such as Procter & Gamble. She's held senior positions um, in certain sporting organizations such as the English Premiership um, Football Association. And she also decided to take a wee break from corporate to start her own company so she could have more flexible working hours with her um, children to become a mother. And what she didn't mention in the podcast is that her PR company that she started actually grew to be one of the largest PR um, consultancies in the UK. So she's a very successful woman. She has worked across industries and, you know, from individuals right through to leading CEOs. And she has a book called Stand Out and Step Up, which is really an incredible toolkit for anyone who's wanting to achieve success by managing their personal brand successfully and gaining reputation and influence. So I love this book because it's great for anyone who doesn't have a lot of time to dive deeply um, into 
the you know a big thick text but wants to get the key points and actually have practical ways that you can start to understand your who which is something that she talks about a lot is understanding your who and when we talk about personal brand that is actually understanding your most authentic self and this idea of you know i speak a lot about finding your why and you know why are you here what is your purpose but fiona really dives deep into finding your who and the importance of understanding what your strengths are what lights you up what is the best um way that you can express your your um given talents and gifts and you know there's a lot of misunderstanding really about what personal brand is but she gives some really good practical ways that you can start to think about your own personal brand and influence and reputation so um, she also talks about what happens when you don't feel like you're your authentic self and you're in a job or at work um, and understanding maybe the gap between how we see ourselves and maybe how other people see us Fiona talks about why influence equals success and why our reputation is so important. Um, she also talks about how we can polish our own diamond um, because all of us have a rough diamond inside of us. And I really enjoyed that part of our conversation. So there are plenty of pearls of wisdom from Fiona and as well as just sharing her own story and her own experiences. So if you do enjoy this podcast, please do pop over to iTunes and give us a rating that helps uh, other people find this podcast, Live With Purpose, and um, yeah, helps us to, to, keep it, to keep this podcast going. So without further ado, here is the lovely Fiona Fenwick. Thank you so much, Fiona, for joining us on the show today. It's just such an honor and a privilege to have you here to share your wonderful lifetime knowledge on um, the subject of standing out and stepping up. So thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks, Simone. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It's great to be here with you. That's lovely. And I just want to start, there's so much to share about um, what you've done and how you've got to where you are, but can you just share a little bit about your journey of how you've come to do what you do? Yes, sure. Um, wow. So I've basically always been a communicator. I can look back, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I can look back to school, primary school. I can look back to um, all my school years actually and see that communications was really important and, and leadership and height. And I say height, the reason I've thrown that in is because I was the child that the teacher used to put at the front of the class to look after them when she went to the toilet or whatever, because I was the tallest. And I don't know if I, it took me a while to grow into my height in terms of my personality because I was, I was always quite the introvert. Um, 
but it certainly made me step up to uh, being a leader because I had to. And basically that followed me all the way through and, and actually wasn't a bad thing. I actually quite liked it. Um, and also that and knowing the value of communications, I guess that kind of put me on a pathway of saying, look, if people are going to look to me as being a leader because I happen to be a foot taller than everybody else of my peer, um, then, then maybe I should actually get something from this as well. So anyway, as I say, it took me a while to grow into my skin and my height. But when I did, I actually felt quite comfortable with that whole piece of taking the lead. And so from uh, university, I was never, I would say I was more a natural intelligence person. Um, I was never a, a head and books type person, academic books, other books, yes. But, you know, studying, oh, my parents, my poor parents. Um, but I was smart enough to know that I needed it. It was a key to the door. So I got enough to get through, got my degree, um, went for my first job, uh, which I thought I was going into advertising. Um, forgot to fill the box out in my application form. And when I went in for the interview, and this was with Procter & Gamble, I uh, went in for the interview and they said to me, so you're here for the public relations role. And I had a crashing hangover that day, or terrible, I had a great life at university, crashing hangover, and I just looked them straight in the eye and said, yes, yes, I am. And that was the start of my career in PR and spin. Um, so I was, I landed the job with Procter & Gamble and I was there for a few years and that was my corporate. So I started going through corporates in, in communications and, and external affairs. And um, I then went to manage the largest chemical facility in Europe, being on emergency call, um, fires, fatalities, Greenpeace, chemical incidents, etc. Very stressful environment for, for a number of years. Um, and then thought, hmm, I want to have babies now. And thought the only way to actually do that would be to set up my own company. Because I thought that's what you did. I thought that's how you got flexible working because I certainly wasn't getting it within my corporate role. And so I did. So I set up my own company. And um, I won't bore you with all the details, but it was quite a, a quite a, a speedy progression in that business. And um, yeah, it was awesome. So I set up my own business, uh, did PR, external affairs for a number of organizations, and then decided to move to New Zealand and thought, right, okay, I'll run it from here for a couple of years. And then I thought, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I love my team. My team were the most amazing bunch of people, but I just felt I'm, I'm losing what I'm doing. I'm managing people, which I love, but I'm not doing what I'm here to do. I'm a communicator. I'm a, I'm a, a person who can help people change and win hearts and minds. And I'm not doing that. I'm managing people. So I said, right, that's it. I sold, sell, sold the company and said, right, okay, I am now going to work on my own. No smoke and mirrors. I'm going to go and advise people and thought that'd be really easy. Moved country, thought, yes, you know, everyone's going to know who I am. It's going to be amazing. <sighs> Having come from that environment. And it's like, you, came here and didn't know a soul didn't know anyone <laughs> and um and yeah that was a wee bit of a bolt from the blue I mean I'm not a very arrogant person by nature but I kind of thought it would be a bit easier than that so I sat down had a good word with myself and wrote myself a list quite seriously I said who needs to know Fiona and what I meant by that was to be able to do what I do who needs to know me because um, my last role had been a progression of all these things. And you know what it's like when you're in a role, you keep gathering experiences and the people know you and, you know, you can pick up the phone to the editor of the Telegraph and you're speaking to them and that's fine. And I come to Auckland and it's like, I don't even know my local free sheets. You know, I don't even know who they are. What, you know, so I thought, right, okay, who needs to know Fiona? 
And it's one of the tricks, actually, I say to, to all people I work with. And I wrote down this list and it was quite a fascinating experience because I had to work out why. Why did these people need to know me? What were they going to see of me? Who cared? You know, what difference was they going to make? And so basically came to New Zealand uh, about 19 years ago and just thought, right, okay, start again. And you know what? It was really exciting. It was a bit nervy, but it was really exciting. But I got to plan my whole map again and um, dust myself down and realize that nobody knew me from a bar of soap. And, um, and off we went. And uh, luckily it, it went okay. Yeah, and I guess that's the perfect opportunity for you to stand out and step up in a new environment and then, I guess, build your reputation again, which is a lot about what your book talks about, doesn't it? Absolutely. There's nothing like walking the walk. And I, I can hand on heart say, absolutely done that. Because it, even though I'm still in the same arena, uh, everything evolves over time. And that's one thing I do talk about in the book quite a bit is reinvention. And it's not reinvention as in pretending to be somebody else or pretending to do something else. It's basically taking stock and saying, you know what, I'm 10 years older than I was when I started doing that. I've got 10 years more experience. I've got 10 years more views, visions, connections, interactions. Who am I now? Who am I right now? Because we're not the same person we were when we were 16 or 21 or 30 or 40, 50, whatever age you're at. So why not take stock? We do it with other things. Why don't we take timeouts and say, who am I? Now, your core doesn't change. Your core values don't change. And sometimes we get a bit worried saying, oh, if I'm reinventing, maybe I'm changing the who I am and, and, and the essence of who I am. Well, you're not. What you're doing is looking at how you want to live your life. And we all change and develop over, over the years. I think if we, it would be quite a sad journey if we were always the same person, you know, right till the day we shuffle off the mortal coil. So yes, that whole thing of, of reinvention, getting a chance to dust yourself down and say, who am I? What do I want to do? I find really exciting. Mm, yeah. And I love the tool that you use to do that of, of asking who, who, who needs to know me. And I think you have a little bit something similar in the book that you, you talk about, about really connecting with that question um, about other people. So as we're talking a bit about the book, um, it's, it's called Stand Out and Step Up. And I love it because it is, um, you call it a toolkit. And for me, diving into it, it's been a really fantastic toolkit because it's just short enough that it keeps your attention and it has really practical steps and self-inquiry questions that really get you thinking about um, how to stand out and step up. So can you share about um, kind of why you created this book and, and um, just a little bit about it? I mean, we're going to talk a lot about it, but um, maybe just a short overview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you really outlined that succinctly. It's beautifully put. Um, why, why did I do it? I did it because I've got a fairly short attention span. And I, I, would, I would say I get bored easily, but I don't get bored easily. But I do like moving on to things. So the idea of uh, a toolkit that you can dive into at any time, that you don't have to sit down and read the whole thing. Because frankly, who's got the time? Who really has got the time to sit down, unless you're on holiday or whatever, to read a whole book cover to cover? Um, especially in something like personal development, but being able to dip into it and say, right, I'm just going to have a look at that today or, you know, in a year's time when that bit's important, I can look at that. That's for the basis of it. So why did I write it? I've been doing a lot of work with 
individuals and organizations that involved um, conferences and lots of speaking events and training. And the one question that was coming back afterwards was, have you got something that I can refresh myself? You know, can I, and, and I mean, let's face it, Simone, you'll be the same. How many times do you go and listen to people and you'll go, oh my God, that's amazing. Or that's put a light bulb on for me, or that's great. And you're in that moment and it's just amazing. And then real life kicks in and you either get on the ferry back to Waiheke if you're you, or you get on the plane down to Marlborough if you're me. And life takes over and you're making dinner and you're walking the dogs. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, that was a really good thing I went to. Yeah, okay, day one, that was really good. I'll remember that. Day two, I haven't got a clue. It's gone, right? And people were saying to me, what's something that we can actually remember and touch in on the points that you've raised? And it was one person in particular said, you've got to write a book. And I, I, I laughed, choked, I think, at the point and said, people like me don't write books. I don't write books. And this is another thing that I have now learned to, to teach myself is I used to use that thing. People like me don't. People like me don't write books. People like me don't get on boards. People like me don't. What do I mean by people like me? It was always somebody else, somebody smarter or more experienced or, 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 or. And it's funny because as soon as, you know, as soon as you do something, I remember the first board I went on to, the first one, I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Imposter syndrome. And I'm sitting there going, why am I here? And then it took just a couple of meetings going, yeah, I get it. I get why I'm here. I know what I have to offer and add value. So long-winded, but back to the book, it's basically a touch point to remind people of things to help them look inside themselves to be the most successful person that they can be. So it's not, it's not a theoretical, ideological, let's just navel gaze and talk about the world. It really is get down to it, work on yourself. This is something that will make you more successful, happier. It will do all these things. It won't make you a million dollars tomorrow, but you know what, if that's what your goal is, it might actually put you on the path to doing it. Mm, yes. And it, it, you've talked a lot about who you are in this book. I mean, we will come on to the kind of foundations of what it is around, um, you know, reputation, um, influence and personal brand. But this idea of who is what I really like in the theme of the book. And we talk a lot about finding our why. And especially in the work I do around purpose, it's like, why do you do what you do? But you speak of the importance of finding your who. So can you share more about this part about finding your who? Who are you? Your kind of authentic self. Totally. I, I truly believe, Simone, that if you don't know your who, you'll never, ever truly understand your why. And understanding who you are, what spins your wheels, what helps you, all these buzzwords, what, what helps you feel good when you get up in the morning, what makes you happy, all of these different things um, are the finding out of your who, your values, why, why you exist. Um, but knowing what drives you, knowing why some things will bother you and they won't bother the next person, um, really understanding. And that's why there's in the book, again, there's some exercises on values. Why, you know, it's taken me a long time. I'd love to say I had it all, all worked out when I was 21, you know, and it was all, oh boy, if I, if I could distill 
what I know now, and I know I don't know a fraction of what I'll know in 30 years' time, but if I could distill a fraction of what I know now about understanding the who and, and let the generation coming through behind have a little dose of that, it would make me so happy because it would help them fast forward, not to tell them what to do, but just to help them understand the more they understand about themselves, how they operate, how they tick, what bothers them and why, what excites them and, and just makes them just want to fly, then they could do so much, so much quicker. Um, and that would be so exciting. So that, if I had a superpower, that's what it would be. It would be to be able to distill that and give it to the next generation coming along. Um, and then it would also be for those 30 years on for me to give me some to drink too, so I could fast forward that bit. <laughs> As I say, not wishing my life away, just wanting to make the most out of every second that we've got. So understanding the who, and then when you've got it, you go, yeah, I understand who I am and what that makes me want to be then that goes some way, as you say, and all the good work that you do in terms of the purpose. Why am I here? What, you know, what does that mean to me, my world, etc.? Why am I here? Mm, great. And just for the people listening, they might be thinking, how do I find out who I am? I think I know who I am. Um, but, you know, I, I turn up to my job and I'm a certain person in my family, but like, how do I find out those things that you talk about, the things that light you up and the things that, I guess, that authentic self, what kinds of things can people do to find their true who? There are quite a few things that you can do uh, that you can find one that suits yourself. There's a very simple exercise in the book that basically is just a list of words and it's it's really interesting i do it i still do it time to time and i'll just go down the list and say which ones just jump out at me which words resonate with me now i don't know simone there'll be people better than me that will give you explanations as to why those words will jump at you i tend to go with my heart and say they jump at me if they resonate with me then there's a reason there's something in my gut feel that's saying yeah that's what i can relate to and if you go down that list, what I do, and I do it time, time and time again, because it's not like you say those five things describe me and that's it. And it's fixed in cement and it doesn't change. There's things you add into that because maybe at a time in your life, something is more important to you than others. So going down the list and going, yeah, those words, those describe me being comfortable, a comfortable me. And, and then look at those words in isolation and say, yeah, I think that basically is my essence. Now, you raise a really good point. How do you know your authentic self? That's one way of starting it. But then the second part of that is how do you demonstrate that to other people? Right? And this is where the whole crux of it, the whole basis of the book is your personal brand. Now, how many people have just shrugged right now listening to that word? Because I have. That whole personal brand sounds so icky. It sounds so inauthentic sounds like it's something you buy and and i get that i understand that so forget that forget those words um, it's interesting cool. you say that actually fiona because a friend once said to me not that long ago she's like you've got a personal brand and i said oh gosh no i don't i've never yeah. i've never thought of, of i don't try to have a personal brand but i guess we just there you go boom <laughs> You have articulated that perfectly. Oh, Simone, I, I do work with all manner of organizations. I, I went into a government department last week and the whole of the group, the, the team, there were 20 of them-ish, all male, all gray-haired, 
And I bet they'd all been dragged kicking and screaming into that session because somebody called it looking at your personal brand. And I just, I smiled because I went into the room and they're all looking at me like, oh, honestly, the tension was palpable. And so I just stood there and said, why could they not have called it something else? They could have called it, you know, developing your influence or, you know, being more successful, anything but personal brand, because everybody feels, oh, icky. It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not a brand. I, I'm me. I'm authentic. I'm real. And your reaction to being told about your brand, we all kind of, no, 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 because it sounds like you're fake. It sounds like you're trying too hard. All those horrible things. Oh, honestly. And that's why I think personal brand needs a makeover, the whole terminology. Call it your mana, your essence, your everything, you know, what your personal brand is. And let's just take it head on. It is your 24-7. It's who turns up 24-7. So what your friend probably was saying to you is you have been recognized amongst your peers for the work that you do. You are becoming well known for the work that you do because you're demonstrating your expertise. People are talking about you. They're hearing about you. And you are therefore able to share your knowledge with others. Now, doesn't that sound a lot better to you than someone saying, you'd be working on your personal <laughs> brand? So I get it completely, Simone. And so to everyone, you all have a personal brand, whether you like it or not, it's who turns up 24-7, right? But as I say, try and put the terminology, which has had an awfully bad rep over the last period of time, put it to the side, but just say, right, I, Fiona, or I, Simone, or I, whoever, who am I? This is who I feel comfortable with. These are my values. But does the rest of the world see me the way I want them to see me? Now, Simone, if people were looking at you and say, this is a sluggish, lethargic individual who basically just wants to sit in a box and not talk to anybody. Now, that's not you. That's not you, right? So do you think people think that of you? I don't think so. Why would they think that? But what do people think of you? And does it match what you want to be the who, who you are? So how do you make sure that you're going through your life with purpose, but the rest of the world, your world, the people that matter to you and what you're doing are seeing you in the way that matches how you want to be seen, mm -hmm. right? So if you've got an authentic view of who you are, clear purpose on what you're wanting to do, is there a complete uh, connection between that and how the rest of your world, your stakeholders see you? Now, you can say, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? It's a very good question because if you don't get that bit right, at best, it can be disappointing. At worst, it can just be a real waste of a lifetime. Mm. I know people who will, you know, they'll say to me, this is who I stand, what I stand for. This is who I want to be. Really good exercise. Ask yourself three questions. A really good question, Simone. One thing that I normally ask people to, to say is, give me three words that um, describe who you are. And they'll go, gosh, that's hard. But they'll write down the three words. Then I'll say to them, right, give me three words that describe how the rest of the world see you. Mm. At that point, people just go, oh, blimey, that's a tough one. 
and they'll write down and then I'll say to them if they're in a group now stand up and tell us what you said and people nearly faint at that point and I'll say why why are you reluctant to share and there's silence and somebody will normally say quite rightly well what happens if nobody agrees what happens if somebody goes you say in you know your three words that you're kind you are punctual and you are sharing of knowledge and somebody stands up and just laughs and says kind you know seriously after what you did last week after the way you treated that person everyone's worried that the the world doesn't see them the way that they see themselves now if you take that to the next level if the world isn't seeing you as you are wanting to be seen there's problems in so many things. I mean, take it out of the personal situation. Say you're a cafe or a restaurant and you want to be seen as clean, green and great products and great coffee, etc. But your coffee's dreadful and, you know, you are you know, piles of garbage outside your front door and, you, you know, you're selling stuff in plastic containers and you're, you're not quite giving the message that you're actually, so your values are being challenged there. And therefore, I'm not going to believe in you. And if I don't believe in you, what's missing? Trust. And trust is the essence of a personal brand. It's who turns up consistently every time. So that is a very interesting thing about the personal brand. And I'm so glad you raised it because I think we all need to take a really good look at ourselves to get that who right and then work out if the rest of the world is seeing that who as we see it. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's um. It's a really big topic, isn't it? Your personal brand. I mean, it is, it's, it's a lot about, you know, you do a lot of exercises to help you find out your personal brand. Um, I mean, one thing as we kind of talk about your who and your authentic self, I know you've got a lovely quote by Oscar Wilde that says, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And I love that. Um, and sometimes I feel like when we're in certain situations, we dull down our authentic self or um you know even even in certain corporate situations we might feel this mismatch between who our authentic self is and then who we should be in the work environment um and i know i've felt that almost you know many years in a banking environment kind of sometimes feeling this misalignment of who my true self is and who i need to be showing up as and then that for me didn't feel very fulfilling to my, you know, deepest self. Um, I was just wondering if you can share a little bit about that, where you feel like these kind of expectations that you should be a certain way, but your true who and authentic self is maybe a little bit different. Yeah, it, it's a really good point and probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, one thing to recognize is we all have adapted behaviors. Um, so, it's not, I'm not advocating that anyone says, this is the who, this is who I am. And to hell with everything else, you know, that's who I'm going to be. We all have to adapt behaviors at, at, various, at various times. What do I mean by that? Would you go into a, a, a senior board meeting with your jandals and your, you know, your beachwear? Unlikely, unless you're Richard Branson. I think he's allowed to. <laughs> but would you do that by and large? No you'd be situationally appropriate, you know? Would you go, um, you know, would you work as a, a barrister if you felt you couldn't wear the robes every day? Not just, you know, can you do the job, but we have to be situationally appropriate in our society for certain things. And you can say, well, how does that fit with that authentic self and that freedom of the individual, et cetera? 
Well, I think sometimes people do have huge tensions that they cannot work within an environment that does constrain them or constrains their values. And I think that's something for individuals to work out what suits them. I mean, you, you've given a great example. You know, you weren't sure if it was helping to fulfill yourself. You know, you were doing the role and you're doing it well and you were successful, but maybe there was something inside that was just gnawing away saying, this isn't the thing. And now you're finding or have found the thing that you want to do. You probably find things flow easier. It doesn't mean that every day is sparkles and unicorns because life isn't like that, but you have more deep down flow that says, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm meant to do. And isn't it wonderful when you hear somebody saying that mm. in whatever field, whether they are a garbage collector, whether they are, you know, a, a barrister, a pilot, a, a, a working mum, a stay-at-home mum. When you hear people saying, "I'm I'm feeling okay about this. I'm I'm never going to be a hundred percent satisfied." Good. Because never leave this earth being 100% satisfied, that's what I say. But if you're feeling that life is good and you're feeling happy and content in, in what you're doing, then be satisfied. There will be people who, and I think I've mentioned it in the book, about this whole dressing appropriately for work. Um, there are certain situations that, you know, you will be putting your suit and tie on. You will be putting on this, you know, because that's what's expected of you within that role. If that's something that doesn't sit easily with you, not just the constraints of the uniform, but the whole kind of structuredness of the role, then maybe that's not the role for you, mm. you know? Um, don't always expect the kind of square peg, round hole to, to actually work. One of the best ways, and what I've seen in my life, is a lot of people when that happens is they tend to set up their own companies and then do really well because they they have or or they work as a you know I mean I I know people in in law for I know I keep going back to law it's probably because I think that that is the most structured constrained conservative profession that I can think of, um, but I know people who couldn't work within a certain environment they could work within the law but they went off and set up their own practice and it was slightly more accessible to people or they focused on being able to talk human language to people rather than legalese. And, you know, they found their way of showing what mattered to them. Mm. Um, so I think we have the responsibility to say, do I fit? And don't expect the world to fit with you. If you don't fit with the world for whatever reason, go find a way and place that you do fit. Yes. I really like that. And I, I've just been thinking the last few days, actually, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could start asking our children these questions instead of saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's who do you want to be? And yeah. then you're starting to find out like, like who it's the who question again, it's what does light you up? What do you love? And then step into a role or a job or a business that fulfills that. But so often we're looking at the what and what that yeah. gives us. And Absolutely. I mean, it is part of the journey and I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't do it a different way, but there's so many interesting questions that we can start asking at a younger age. Oh, Simone. Absolutely. And, you know, I have, um, I have three daughters and one of the things, a standing joke that they have been coached by me within an inch of their life, all their lives. Uh, but one of the things I always did, and I didn't do it because I read it in a book, it was just instinctive. And it's exactly what you've just said just now. When they were younger and they were feeling the stress of what should I be 
um, we're doing exams and what does it mean? And one daughter in particular, because her behavioural style was maybe wanting to have more certainty of what the future was. And, and she wasn't so much as the, my, my eldest, who was more about, I'll roll with it, it will still work out fine. She needed a bit more structure. And what I used to say to, to all of them was, you know, don't get hung up on what that job title is. Don't get hung up, even though, you know, God bless them, careers teachers, you know, they, they're trying their best to, to do what they do. But, you know, most of the jobs that my daughter's generation are going through didn't exist when, you know, when my career teacher was talking to me. And I say to, to them now, you know, the job that you're, to, 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 when I talk to young people now, the jobs that you're probably going to end up in don't exist or you're about to create them. So the question that I asked them was, don't go for the job title what do you actually want out of it? What does it feel like? And my youngest who struggled with the kind of, you know, but I, I need to know, I need to know what I'm going to study for. And I, I don't just want to do nothing, you know, something that doesn't have a, a, an absolute role, a vocational role at the end. And I said, so what do you want to do? And she said, well, you know, I love travel. Awesome. Now, this is, this is not just sitting there and saying, I love these things because they're, they're things that we all want. I want lots of money and travel and sitting on beaches and stuff like that. She has traveled a lot in her life and, and she wants to travel. Therefore, she'll work hard to fund her travel. But travel, people, communications, um, talking to people, all these things seem quite loose and woolly. And a career teacher probably have a heart attack hearing those things because they wouldn't know what to do with her. But what I said to her was just keep doing things that you enjoy doing that demonstrate those things, right? Just, you know, look at the things you get involved with at school. Look at the things you got involved with at university. They all backed up. She walked the walk on her values all the way through there. So when she went for roles and she's now in her first corporate role now, which she is loving, if you look back, it's because her success has come from following the things that she enjoyed, not trying to be a square peg in a round hole. Mm. It was about doing what she did and doing it well, because that's one thing about having a good, strong personal brand and a good reputation is it's bloody hard work. It's not something that just you get given or you can buy off the shelf. You've got to work really hard at it, but it's really easy. It's, it's really much easier to work hard on something that you know is true to you and you're not trying to fight it or trying to be something you're not. Mm, I love that. And it's really a lot about playing on your strengths. I mean, what you're talking about is what any adult also should be, you know, asking themselves yeah. is what do I, I love that question. What do I want this to feel like rather than what title do I want? What do I want it to feel like? And it's so much more moving and inspiring. And then you can also go back and look at what are other times that felt really good for me. And that's helping to build the direction that I'm going in next. Absolutely, Simone. Absolutely. And that whole walking the walk thing is really, really important. When you've looked at your values list and you've got that, that list down, the next thing I would say to you is look at each one of those words and give me a quick example of the last time you demonstrated that, right? So say in those lists, you do pick up kindness as one or um, tolerance or whichever words you pick up. Give me a really quick example. If you can't give me a really quick example, look again at the word. Is that what you aspire to be or is that really who you are right now? Right? And that's a really quite a deep question because say you put five down. If you can quickly say, I did that, 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 I'd go, great. You're pretty much aligned with, with who you are. 
but you'd be surprised how many people aren't. We tend to be quite aspirational sometimes in our values. That's the person we'd like to be. Now that is fine. That's fine. But when we're looking at authentic self and really understanding who we are, you've got to be really honest with yourself. And you asked a question earlier, how do you know? How do you know? Well, a lot of deep introspection, you know, that's, that's the first bit. Sometimes you've got to put the big girl or big boy pants on and say, I may not like it, but that really is me. And, and why not like it? It's you, you know, that we've all got bits that we think, oh, society might not like all those bits, you know, but we're not just going to give the gloss. Mm. You've got to know all of the bits of you, right? Yeah, you tap it. You 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 do talk about um, you know possibly like how do we get uh, how do other people perceive us? This mismatch that we think we're seen as one way. I mean, what would you recommend to help us understand what uh, how other people perceive us? Okay, I see it as kind of a jigsaw, Simone. I wish there was a way I could say. You do that, and that's it. You know, it's dead easy. It's not easy. It's probably the most challenging thing you'll ever do is to find out what people think of you. Um, treat it as a jigsaw. Ask people. Ask a trusted person. Um, now, what I say with this one is it's kind of like you've got to give people permission to be honest. It's like asking people, does my bum look big in this? You know, you've got to ask people, but give them permission to be honest and not hate them for the rest of your life. If you can't do that, don't ask them. Um, but pick someone that you trust and value. See that whole trust thing again? Pick people in your tribe that you trust and say, how does the rest of the world see me? Now, I did a session a few days ago. And what I did is this team had been together over a program for about 10 weeks and I asked them all to write down, again, three, my favorite number, three things that summed up the characteristics or, or how they saw their colleagues, each of their colleagues. And then they put them in an envelope, anonymously put them in an envelope. And I swear, Simone, it's gold. Mm. It's gold because it's anonymous, right? It's people who don't have a vested interest. You know, I'm not married to you. I'm not in a relationship with you. You're not going to hate me for life or not make, you know, not, not make me suffer for the, the, you know, the rest of the day. Um, asking your children's a good one. Now, who would ever think <laughs> of that? Who would ever think, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you think, mummy? You know, do you think mummy is this, this, this? Children are honest with their feedback. So seriously, that's one kind of area. If you have a coach, that's a wonderful thing because even though coaches are invested in you, they are independent and they aren't normally very in a very close relationship with you other than the coaching one. So feedback, 360s, if you're in that corporate environment, any bits that you can get form part of that jigsaw. But to be honest, what I've found from my experience is you need to look at that jigsaw and you'll know there's lots of gaps there. And that's where you have to take the good hard look that says, What's worked for me in the past? Why do people, you know, why, why do I think that I have lots to offer and I'm skilled and I'm experienced and I have expertise in this and I keep getting passed over for that role? Why does nobody listen to me in the meetings? Why, um, why have I opened this coffee shop and nobody's coming to us for coffee? You know, ask yourself hard questions and don't, don't do the sometimes tendency of it's just bad luck or they were lucky, or they were, you know, there's normally much better reasons for it. And sometimes we have to be really honest 
look at our own values and what we stand for and what, what we, experiences we've got and say, you know what, maybe it's because we just weren't demonstrating enough the things that we believe we stand for. Mm, yeah, it's quite, it's quite confronting, isn't it? I mean, it's quite, it's quite courageous to ask other people for a start what they think of you honestly, because you are going to get probably a, a mixed review um but so important for for you to step into who you want to be is to really understand how the word world sees you and i think that probably leads quite nicely onto the the other thing that you talk a lot about which is reputation um and why is reputation important and how do we improve our reputation well i think the first thing to really understand is what what is reputation reputation your personal brand is who you are and what you stand for right? Reputation is how the rest of the world sees you, okay? If it was one person having a view on you, that's their opinion. If that opinion is shared by a lot of people, that's a reputation. Mm. Now, why is that important? You know, you can say, we can all think of people who've got bad reputations, right? Or good reputations. Um, in fact, to be honest, there's also another one. There's good, there's bad, and there's no reputation. And to be honest, that's the worst of the lot. Mm. Because bad reputations you can do something about, I mean, I've worked with organizations that have gone through situations that one would probably put them in the bad reputation category because something had happened, but it gave them a perfect opportunity to handle it, manage it, and actually come out ahead at the end of the situation because of the way they managed it. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. If you've got no reputation, what does that mean? It means you're carrying on your life, doing your thing, whatever it is, Nobody knows about it. Now, it could be anything. It could be, you know, you're making widgets in a factory. It could be you're an author. It could be you're a chef. It could be whatever it is. And you say, well, so what? What does it matter? Well, maybe it doesn't matter to you. If you don't want to, and credit to you if you are this person, if you want to just do what you're doing and you're quite happy to just keep doing that and you're not looking to, to be any more successful, you're not wanting to share your knowledge, you're not wanting then you'll probably be satisfied, but you are in the minority, but good luck to you. That's great. Most people have got things they want to strive for or want to achieve. And therefore you can't do that in isolation. You can't get a reputation for being good at something or people picking up the phone to ask your opinion or book at your restaurant or whatever, if people don't know about you. Right? So, the whole thing about the standout step up was not to be shouty, shouty, look at me, I'm an extrovert, woo, ah, not about that. It's about what do you offer? Whether it's the quietest little piece of expertise that really gets sought out by one person in a zillion, or whether you're something that really supplies knowledge to a huge number of people, how do you make that connection that people know who you are and what you're doing? Now, it's, it's marketing 101 for a business, uh, a maker of chocolate biscuits. You can make as many as you like. If nobody knows they're for sale or what they are, you're not going to do very well, right? So let's take a leaf out of their book that says, right, okay, here I am. I'm in my career. I think I'm doing okay, but I keep getting passed through a promotion. Um, I think I'm doing fine. I'm getting good feedback, I think. How do I get people to know how good I am at what I do. I don't want to shout up and go, look at me, I'm fabulous, because that's not my style. I don't do that. And let's face it, those people, not many of them tend to get on. How do I just demonstrate it? Find ways, walk the walk, talk the talk. 
if you are a, um, if you're a Simone Denny, right, doing amazing thing to help people their wellness and finding their purpose, how sad would it be if it was Simone Denny sitting in a room and nobody knew, but she was doing all this amazing stuff, right? So how do you you share? You talk to people. You get involved. You have a website that shares information. You ask other people who have seen the value of what you do to share that with other people that they know, rather than saying, I'm not going to stand up and say, I'm great, I'm fabulous. It's not the way to do it. So that's not what Stand Out Step Up is. It's Stand Out is find the thing that you want to do and be, right? The step up is find the mechanism that allows you to share that with other people authentically. And if you get that all aligned and all your ducks all kind of lined up, that's where success will happen. Mm. So it's, yeah, it, I was going to say it's, it's not rocket science, but it may as well be. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Fiona. I really loved the way that, that you shared that and explained that. Cause I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of, like you say, there is a lot of saying, I don't want to stand out and I don't want to shout, you know, you know, especially New Zealanders don't like to blow their own trumpet. So I love that idea of, um, you know, it's just kind of chipping away at it, isn't it? It's not like one big explosion. It's, it's kind of chipping away. And I think it feels a little bit frightening sometimes to step into your reputation, you know, this, this idea of reputation, because it, all these questions of, am I enough? Am I good enough? And all the little voices pop up when we put ourselves out there, which is, you know, also part of this journey is, is, is how to, you know, working through the part of us that fears judgment, that fears failure. And, at times fears success, um, which is, you know, part of, part of that. And I guess that kind of moves on to um, this word influence, which is something that, um, you know, is another big part of what you talk about in your book and saying that influence equals success. Can you explain a little bit about that? Absolutely. I see it as a progression, personal brand, who you are, what you stand for, reputation, other people knowing what you are, who you are and what you stand for. Influence is about winning the hearts and minds of a much wider audience. Now, we are all influential. And again, if you ask a crowd of people, how many of you have got influence? You'll get very few people putting their hand up, right? But every single one of them has influence. If you have children, you're influential. If you have parents, you're influential. If you have friends, you're influential. But we all know the people, even in our, in our social lives, the people who are the go-to people, you know, who, who would you trust to go to, to um, say it's a Monday morning and somebody comes in and says, I went to a great restaurant over the weekend. You go, wow, that's wonderful. Because you regard this person as someone who knows a bit about restaurants. Why? Because you know, from your knowledge that they eat out a lot or they, they're a cook or they, you know, that you, there's something about it that makes you trust their opinion. So you'll listen to it and you say, oh, I might give it a go. If you know that that person, you don't really rate their culinary skills, or you know that McDonald's is their benchmark for eating out, you might not really take their opinion as, as such, right? So the person, the first person was influential. The one who said, try the restaurant because you trust me with my knowledge, you listen to them. That's influence, okay? The one who McDonald's is the benchmark, doesn't know much about it, you haven't really got a trust in their opinion, 
not influential. Okay, so that's just a little example. So how do you grow your influence? How do you become the person that in your space, business, professional, personal, whatever, that gets the phone calls that people want to talk to you for your knowledge, your expertise? Um, that's influence. That's people knowing who you are and what you can deliver. So how do you get to that space? You don't do it in isolation. You don't do it um, by sitting in a, a box and not talking to people. People need to know what you do. So influence, to be influential, to be influential is based on your skills. It's not something, again, you can get off a shelf. It's based on your skills, your experience, your charisma, how you convey the message. Now, again, don't mistake that from being an extrovert because quiet charisma is just as powerful. Okay. So introvert charisma, extrovert charisma. It's a whole space around that whole introvert extrovert thing, but don't let that distract you. It really shouldn't. So charisma can be anything. It's how you are. Right? We can all think of people in history who've been charismatic for good and for bad. And you think of world leaders, for example. I mean, some people managed to, to, um, to carry a whole nation behind them because of their charisma and the, the influence that they, they brought to bear. So, so influences can be good or bad. But the thing about them is it's people believing in you. It's you building a tribe. It's you winning hearts and minds. But the essence of it, again, it goes back to having a reputation, which is based on knowing your personal brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you don't have clarity on that, then it's unlikely that you will be that person who's influential. And let's face it, we all know who they are, be it the person who is in the, the project meeting, who whenever they speak, everyone goes, yeah, yeah, that's great. And it happens. And you go, hang on, hang on. I mentioned that last week and nobody listened to me, right? Why? Question the why. Why did they not listen to you? Ask yourself, why not? Was it because I'd never offered anything in the meeting? Was I sitting there quietly all knowing about it in my head, but not sharing it with other people? Because if they don't know to ask me and I don't share the information, I can't blame anyone but myself, right? So looking to yourself, right, to, to understand why you are not being influential. We all have it within us. We've all got it at various degrees, but it's how do you want to use it as well? You know, do you want to use it in your business? what are you trying to achieve in your life? And this gets back to what you're doing, your why, you know, I'm saying who you're saying, why influence is something therefore that is grown as a result of knowing these things. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. Great things to think about. And I love the questioning yourself on why am I not being influential? It's a, it's a great thing to question. You have a quote in the book by Daniel uh, Defoe that says the soul is placed in the body like a rough diamond and must be polished or the luster of it will never appear. And you go on to say um, that we are, what we are looking for is already inside us rather than needing to go out and find this who. So I love that idea because it's, it's like we don't have to go outside ourselves to create a new reputation or to, you know, to, to, to be somebody else to influence people. Um, so what are some of the things that people can do to polish their own diamond so that they can stand, stand out and step up? Isn't that a great quote? It just gives it me goosebumps is, every time I hear it. 
It so um, relates as well for me to the purpose work that I do because so much of the purpose is, is about looking at the gifts, the, you know, your unique gifts and talents that you already have and expressing those rather than going out to train to be something that, you, you know, you're not naturally good at. Oh, totally, Simone. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many times, especially at, you know, at a, a turn of the year period, you, you're bombarded by messages and magazines, etc. about be the new you, 10 steps to a new you, five steps to a new you. And it's like, oh my goodness. And we all take it. We all hear it. Whether you buy these magazines or whatever, it's all there. It's in our psyche all the time. Like be better, be better, be better. And, and find this new you and stuff. And, and it's not. And that quote sums it up. It is within you. It's within every fabulous, unique individual. Um, everybody I talk to when I'm, when I'm working with them or get the opportunity to even just have a chat with them, I'm, I'm amazed how many people don't realize that. You know, how many people think it's something that will happen to them. Not that it's there already. And yeah, it is unpolished in a lot of cases. I think we start off and it is, I've got this imagery, if you're a pictures person, of this, this really kind of like dull, dull thing that every now and again we can rub it up. But understanding your who and accepting that is, is absolutely the first thing. You know, I had to learn a long time ago, I was never going to be a brain surgeon. I was never going to be Angelina Jolie. I was never, you know, all these things that, you know, we grow up with these superficial things going around. Um, but you know what? I'm damn happy with who I am right now, you know? So understand the who and accept that, right? Find ways to walk the walk, not just, not just to, to allow yourself to demonstrate all these things that are within you, but also to allow other people to see that that is who you are right? So you're not doing it just for them. You're not doing it for show. You're doing it for you, but you're giving other people the opportunity to see who you are, right? And that is hugely important. Um, value who you are, right? Share that with others and, and get recognized for that. Now, some people will want that because it makes them feel good, that whole appreciation, recognition. Awesome. For other people, it'll just be because they're being respected for something that they can do. And they are, in their minds, the people who can deliver the best coffee, the best wellness and purposeful, you know, meaning to your life, you know, the best communications, the best, whatever it is, we're all striving to be the best at what we can be or we should be. And the more we do that and more we share it, the more that little diamond's getting buffed up, buffed up, buffed up. But you know what? I don't believe it ever gets totally buffed up. There's always, always, and I think we should all we should all celebrate that. There's always a bit just slightly out of reach that just needs that extra little bit of cleaning. And it's hard to get to it. And maybe we never will. But you keep going. You keep going to try and get it. And for me, that's what means you're living a you know a purposeful life. It means you're living an authentic life and you're letting other people know about it as well. You're not doing it in isolation. Mm, and I think um, that happiness expert, Sean Anker, talks a lot about that, which is the striving. You know, it's the striving and the polishing and the, the moving forward. And the, uh, that actually brings us the greatest joy rather than having this beautiful diamond in our hand. Absolutely. Absolutely mm. right. And, you know, what satisfaction would there be long term for having that shiny diamond right there? Because you know what? Be curious, you know, be curious as to there being more because I, I work with people at all ages and stages, right? There is no, there's no shelf life expiry date on your reputation, your brand, your influence. 
and I talk to some people who, you know, they, they feel that um, they, they're getting on in their years and they've still got so much to offer and learn and, and seeing them become empowered again in their new, you know, we, we can all reinvent and do and that's what it's all about. We've got one shot here, you know, we've got one shot, one, I mean, one shot at life. Get out there and, and do as much as you can. Fulfill as much potential as you can. Be as successful as you can. What that means to you. Um, but just keep going. Keep being curious and keep, keep developing. Oh, I love that. And that's just, you know, you, you give so much inspiration and energy to other people. And I, I wanted to know if you had any kind of personal daily practices or rituals that you do to keep yourself in alignment so that you can do the work that you do in the way that you do. It's a really good one, Simone. Um, I must admit, in the past, I haven't. Um, in the past, I think I've just always created busy. That's what I've done. I think what I consciously try and do now, because I, I do lead, I lead a busy life, and I'm so proud of that. You know, I never, ever will use busy as a negative. I'm so proud that I have a busy life um, and so pleased because I think it would be so awful if it wasn't. Um, mindfulness and i know that's a buzzword and uh, you know lots of people use it uh, for me appreciating every day every every day every interaction with those people i love with um the place that i love you know with with things that i love and i do love things you know things make me smile i'm looking around where i am right now and i could smile a hundred times because i fill my life with things that make me smile um and and so that kind of being in that moment not putting it off not not you know i used to be in the past you know the I could see it from, you know, from other people, you know, you keep the things for good, use them when it's, you know, for a good time. No, use the good China, you know, use it, you know, just, I try and do that. I have to practice that every day. Um, but every day is full of, you know, new possibilities, every ages and, and, you know, you're only limited by yourself. So gratitude, superbly gratitude, uh, uh, appreciative of everything that I have. And um, I really genuinely am. Mm, you can feel that like I mean it is when you meet you you can see that and your your optimism and enthusiasm and you know gratitude is very infectious so it's such a you know a beautiful gift to to see you walk the walk as they say <laughs> um, so do you have a favorite book or quote um, that you feel has been a guiding force in your life I know I've stolen a few in this podcast from your book but, um, do you have anything that that kind of stands out that's helped you on your path um you know, it's funny. I, I never, ever liked Dr. Seuss when I was younger. Never liked it. Uh, I don't know why. Something creepy about it. Just really didn't like it. Got older. And the older I get, the more I love it. I just love it. How clever, how insightful and how amazing. So I, I actually, um, I have a, a baby granddaughter that I, um, I read to a lot and uh, Dr. Zeus is number one and I'm learning way more than she is right now. <laughs> and I just love it. So I think I use quite a lot of quotes during the, in, in the book because I love them. I, I like, I'm a real kind of quotes, images, music, all these things can anchor me back to places and things and stuff. So I love quotes. I find them very inspirational, but the one, and I do use it in the book. Um, and actually I, begged part of it for the title of the book but that is um why fit in when you're born to stand out mm -hmm. and again that can be misinterpreted by people saying um you know 
be the one that's loud and shouty in the group and and sometimes the one that everyone rolls their eyes out and says oh sit down just shut up Um, that's not for me what it's about it's finding it's finding what your gift to the world is and you will get back in spades what you deserve if you can actually find that and throw it out there Mm, yeah and that's really going back to your unique essence isn't it and and like if we started to accept everybody's unique essence from when we were children life would be a lot easier all the way through um you wouldn't kind of be on the outside so yeah I love that and is there anything that you're working on in yourself at the moment oh all the things I've just said to you just now you know I say the words and you know I think you've got to stay honest to yourself you've got to stay because it's too easy to get um you know new projects and new things happening and 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 that's staying in the moment that you know trying to help others coming behind you i mean you you said very kindly just now and it's one thing that i've learned to appreciate is apparently i do have a fairly infectious optimism and i think you know and, and it's something that you know before i'd go oh i can't say that out loud that's so kind of you know i'm so british you can't say things like that it sounds so you know aren't you wonderful i don't mean it like that i don't even think some people would think that's not wonderful at all but i do think that um yeah that infectious optimism because the way i look at it what's what's the What's the alternative? If you're not being optimistic, then you're being negative about something. And that whole glass half full thing, um, why not? Why, you know, why not? I mean, I'm going to go, if you heard that quote, this is another one I love, that I'm not going to go out in, of this world in a carefully preserved box. I'm going to go out kicking and screaming, drinking champagne, eating strawberries and chocolate and just having the time of my life. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. No, maybe not, you'll but, actually um, be drinking the organic wine that you grow on your vineyard. Oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> I like what you did there. Good segue. <laughs> which is, yeah, an, another, you know, string to your bow, which I love. And, um, and uh, you know, you've talked about kind of finding parallels from your, from kind of owning a vineyard to personal development. And, yeah, I think that would be nice just to share on that as we move towards the end yes sure um that who who knew again other people remember i said to you before you know that other people do things other people write books go on boards other people own vineyards you know never in a million years i mean it's just no anyway so yes three years ago um as part of a failed downsizing strategy um we we decided to take on a whole new chapter not not instead of but in addition to our our existing lives and so we bought this beautiful beautiful piece of paradise that we're now guardians of for for a little while and we produce the most amazing uh, organic um pinot noir and i find it the most the closest thing to spiritual uh, i think that i've ever experienced um it's authentic it is untouched it's allowing the terroir the earth to to speak it's not being polluted by um toxins or people being rapacious or people enforcing their views on how it should be and i can draw complete parallels to personal development people that whole authenticity piece that says this is land as it's as nature intended it to be therefore this is a person as they were intended to be when you understand that earth and can help work with that to make it 
as good as it can be, you produce the best wine in the world. And, and I say it unashamedly because we just grow. We don't actually make the wine. So I can say that because it's somebody else doing that. Um, but, you know, and you get an individual who can be authentic and understand what it's there to do and doesn't get too many interferences and told what to be, but can actually be nurtured to be the best they can be. And you think there's some real synergies between the two. And, and I, I get so much out of walking around the vineyard every morning before, before anyone else gets up. Um, at the moment, I walk in the evening as well, um, before just when the sun's going down. And it is the closest thing to spiritual I think I'll probably ever know. It's, it's quite something. Thank you, Fiona. That was just such a beautiful summary. It actually gave me goosebumps because um, it's peeling it back to the really simple things and that we are just like a seed of um, a vine or, you know, we are just born perfectly perfect to grow into who we are meant to be. And that analogy that you, you gave of just making it authentic really, you know, was so touching for me. And you've shared so much wisdom through this whole talk. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners before um, we close off? Uh, just, you know, I think we all get put under so much pressure to, to be uh, and shouldness. And if there's one thing I could just say is just celebrate who you are, celebrate your absolute uniqueness. I am astounded when I talk to people and they just don't see it. They don't see the magic that is them. They don't see, they see themselves being one of a crowd or one of a group or one of something. And that's great but not at the expense of knowing how valuable they are. They have been put here for a reason. We've all got the ability to affect some kind of change in whatever we're doing and nothing's insignificant. We're all parts of the cog of the wheel, you know? So, so just believe in yourself, understand who you are, tap into what that magic is and whatever it is, give yourself the best shot at, at, being successful so you don't ever look back and think you know what what could I have done I wish I had been that or I wish I hadn't listened to them you know ignore the shouldness just value what's there it is there and celebrate it but know it's going to be hard work it is hard work it just doesn't happen understand yourself and 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 good luck it's a it's a wonderful ride let's enjoy it Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I love that you, I, I think people probably come and hear your talks and have sessions with you and just want to bottle you and take you home <laughs> because you're just full of inspiration and you like that, that beautiful optimism you have and really reminding people about who they are um, is just such an important job in the world. Um, and so is there anything, Fiona, that we can do to support the work you do? We'll read your book and I'm going to share, I'm going to share your book and I'm going to answer this question for you because you're, you're, you're laughing. I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I mean, people, you know, if you want to have Fiona come and inspire your company or your organization, you speak, don't you all over, you know, New Zealand. I don't know about Australia. Um, so I, I, I do some odd. Is that shocking? I'm the world's worst <laughs> salesperson. I really am. I'm shocking. It's complete silence at my end. Um, 
we do. Yes, you're right. I do. Isn't that funny? I do. I do a lot of, believe it or not, I do a lot of, um, of speaking um, internationally, which is lovely. You know, there, there is nowhere I will not travel to. Love travel. Um, no, I love it. I love that whole light bulb moment thing. Um, if you do want the book, uh, my website's 15minutes.co.nz, all lowercase, and the book's available to order there. If you just want the first couple of chapters, I'll give that to you free. Um, I'll and, pop that uh, in the show notes so people can have a look at it there. And I thought that I might also share just that list of words that you were talking about at yes. the beginning. So then people yes. can maybe choose those five words and just start to do some self-inquiry. Um, Great idea. Yeah, but for me, the book is just just the perfect handbook to really dive deeper into some of these questions around personal brand, reputation, uh, and influence, and really finding the who. So that's great and that's and that's the the purpose was that it felt like a chat it felt like it's not something you're being lectured at it's not something it's going to be a hard stretch it's all within you right now all that is is something to help you just unlock little bits when you need it unlocked and it's like having a chat with someone Mm -hmm. that you're having it's like having a chat with a good friend over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and hopefully it will um enthuse you enough just to go and and make affect a few changes that that are good for you and who wouldn't want to have a glass of wine with fiona fenwick (laughs) i would Thank you. Thank you so much for all your wisdom and inspiration and for your, you know, what you're doing in the world. It's really fantastic. Oh, back at you. It's been a total pleasure, Simone. Thank you so much. Thank you. 